Hello there, welcome along to Sport and Life podcast with me, Teddy Draper, sports broadcaster in the UK. Thank you for hitting on the button. I hope you're well. Coming up, an interview with Ollie Mel, kettlebell world champion, multiple titles to his name, former marine machine gunner as well. I'll speak to Ollie momentarily, but first, a thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Look up Serene AV online or go into the beautiful courtyard store in Montpellier in that French region of Cheltenham. Beautiful spot, chat to Jason Briggs and his team. Thank you also to the association, for the association with the podcast, to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company. We've been taking their supplements for 20 plus years under the stewardship of my father, Dr. Mark Draper who is a general practitioner and micronutritionist. And you can share in a discount with the podcast as well at checkout if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. Discount code at checkout is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one zero, and the capital letter R, 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing with Cytoplan. You can also get with the podcast 10% off Herring Shoes, wonderful British handmade shoes since 1966. If you go to Herring Shoes, H-E-R-R-I-N-G shoes.co.uk, 10% off with the discount code TED10. So T-E-D, all capital letters, numerals one zero. And final thought before we get to Ollie Mel, have you ever lost someone and wished you'd had their life story down, the details, their personality recorded in their own words, because that's something we're looking to offer, or we are offering, through Attic Box Audio, which is something my wife and I started in lockdown, where we interview members of the public, I do, just sit down with, with them using the skills that I've developed, hopefully, the skills I've developed over the past 20 years as a sports broadcaster and podcaster, and tease out the life details, going back to childhood, etc., and all their memories, their anecdotes, the facts, the figures, everything besides as well for a real sense of a, a treasured resource that we can connect generations down the years with. So if you want to explore more about that, go to drapermedia.co.uk and you'll find the links to Attic Box Audio there. Right, onto the podcast. Brilliant to have Ollie Mel, Kettlebell World Champion, driving down for a conversation on the pod Sport and Life. Here he is. Ollie Mel. Kettlebell multiple champion. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming down, mate. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure coming down. With us. Yeah, it's great, and you've driven down because your gym is Staffordshire, Cheshire kind of area, is it? Yeah, we're Cheshire, so we're um, just in the middle of Nantwich, which is about well, we're on the outskirts of, of the Nantwich town. So in Cheshire terms, we're pretty much slap bang in the middle. Yeah, um, maybe thirty minutes from Chester. Okay, is crew near you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crews, crews, like because of the train links, crews from the most like notable place yeah. like near us. So you count it as northwest, or is it northwest Midlands, or how does it? Northwest, yeah. Northwest, Cheshire, Cheshire northwest. Yeah, and then if you go over kind of Liverpool, Chester, where you've got the Cheshire East. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Now it's interesting how the world works because we're technically, I think, Cheltenham and Southwest, but when I lived in sort of Worcestershire up the road, it was sort of you were the bottom of the West but, Midlands. Bottom of the so, West Midlands, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's kind of these, these kind of great. If you areas. know it, in, I know it in terms of um, when you play amateur sports and stuff. So you've got like a Manchester area league for basketball, and we're the bottom end, like we're the, the most southern team you will uh, get, okay, and the yeah. most northern teams, kind of like the northern Manchester, yeah, uh, like Rochdale type of areas. 
and then if you go to a Stafford league because you're on the border and some of the friends will play the Stafford league, they'll be going down as far to as Birmingham. Like, yeah, 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 mainly Birmingham, but they'll go down to maybe like not that far away from Oxford. The court wow. is still, it's still, yeah, it's yeah. still happening in that league. That's funny when you live in parts of the world that are kind of on those sort of border areas. I know that people in this sort of area sometimes end up playing football clubs in the sort of northern divisions of regional things and they're travelling yeah, four or five hours yeah, up to the, yeah. the top it's, end. It's one of those things we were just talking about beforehand about, about playing amateur level basketball when, you, when you're involved in other sports at a high level. The, the amount of hours involved in if you're, if you're even just a Manchester area team, you, you, you're training. Traffic up there is savage the as well. Journey, yeah, it, yeah. The M6 yeah. and the journey around it you're taking four hours out of the evening when you run a business and you've got a gym yeah you know and you're training for sports and you're training clients it's, it just this year i had to just completely sit out yeah um, good a good friend of mine was on the podcast actually do, doing progressive masculinity stuff but he used to be a teacher he now worked with young boys but he was living in the sort of north manchester area um near sort of bury and then he was traveling or bury and traveling down to mm. uh south manchester he was like, oh it's a nightmare i've got to quit this job and i was like really is it that bad yeah it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well it's not like you can just hop on it like london for being so big and i used to live like when i was younger i used to live around london but london for being so big by train routes and things is so accessible whereas yeah. if you're car dependent up in the north those areas what what seems like a smaller journey in in miles yeah in, in time wise traffic wise can be horrendous and you're kind of like you're doing those jobs you have to travel you, you probably have to be somewhere at six to do a project after school or something yeah so then that means that you don't get to choose when you, know, you leave work at four you've got to do the four to six travel up the m6 yeah. that's the worst time to be doing it so it is it is always going to be tough I love it. I love it all. But it's um, it's good to see you. We talked about the basketball there, which I hadn't realised you were a keen basketball player. But it's about passion because you are a committed kettlebell competitor now, and that's been a bit of a rub for you. How you that that tension? Yeah, yeah. I just had to, uh, so I grew up. I didn't really grow up in traditional sports. So I lived in France as a kid, and basketball in France in the eighties was huge. Mm. Michael Jordan was everywhere. And, yeah. Um, it was the late eighties to the nineties, and my brother, who was really tall, played basketball, and we we moved back to England, and the culture was just football, 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 football. Mm. Not, nothing else mattered but football. So at school, I was very disinterested in yeah, any of the sports. Basketball's always been bigger in continental Europe. Yeah, it's not as big yeah, as the states, yeah. but bigger than it is here. Yeah. Um, so I got into drama and I got into acting and I really, I played basketball, but that wasn't really, you know, basketball was just something that I played. And as, as um, it's interesting with your interview um, uh, for, the, for the BBL, um, yeah. it was in how I said that height doesn't really make a difference. When I was playing for Thames Valley Tigers and as I, as I stopped growing and as we got older, I think for those teenage bracket years when you're like 13 to 15, mm. If you're just as good as someone who's six inches taller than you, they're gonna you you you've <laughs> dropped down in the ranks to the person yeah. who's six inches taller than you. What well, pushing um, because they can block you? Or reject yeah, you. yeah, yeah. yeah. Phys physically, it's very tough. But I'll always love that sport. I mean, I was watching the NBA last night. They had the game seven for Philly and Boston. Oh yeah, well, um, who won that? Uh, Boston. There's a. Uh, I could spend two hours talking about that. <laughs> but, um, but it's always one of the sports that you're interested in. And then the other sport that I got into, which is through kind of, I went to university had a job working in security i was always interested in martial arts so i got into sort of amateur level taekwondo and, and kickboxing and, and again yeah. i'm a very competitive and a very self-competitive person and I, I could tell early on that athletically i just wasn't able to compete mm. with other other people um and i randomly sort of at the same time as becoming a fitness instructor and learning to be a personal trainer 
through two weird avenues. Uh, I was doing a Russian martial art called Sistema, where um, with its Russian heritage, we would sort of. What's that similar to? Is it? It's almost kicking. Or? Well, it's, it's it's very similar to Krav Maga. It's very self defense oriented. It has a very bad reputation because in in other martial arts, sort of see it quite negatively because it can go down this kind of like mystical okay. realm of where they think they're Jedi Knight type type <laughs> type BS, which which I like. Luckily, my teacher didn't see any sense to but it was a very kind of hard-nosed brutal for yeah. defending yourself from, from, from if you worked in security it was very useful because okay. people, people didn't necessarily fight fair so yeah. what, what i liken it to and again um yeah krav maga is probably the most likable equivalent to it but with it just being a russian heritage a lot of the, the training for it and conditioning for it would use a kettlebell and at mm. the same time very very luckily there was a personal trainer in the gym i was working with who had done this course on on kettlebells and I buddied up with him and he taught me the basics of it. Mm. And then that kind of became my my go-to. I kind of went down the rabbit hole with this. Yeah. Um, and that was a personal trainer called Paul Connor. Uh, and when I went, like we're talking about personal training, I, I decided when I qualified, I didn't want to work in a corporate environment. I didn't like the idea of my, my ability as a trainer was defined by how many sessions I sold or how much protein shakes I sold. <laughs> so, I, I, and like you said, um, uh, beforehand people who if you're good at what you do people who want training will come to you and yeah that, that's always been my my sales tactic so i went to an independent gym um and an independent personal training studio in nantwich where i settled and i just became the, the kettlebell mm. guy and i tried to absorb you know, you're talking 2009 2010 yeah youtube wasn't as prolific facebook was a say hi to your buddy <laughs> it, 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 there was no business sense to it um yeah so i had to find yeah it's about nights out and advertising yeah. how many drinks you'd had or whatever yeah. once there was nothing i could learn like locally on kettlebells to develop myself mm. uh, i had to go further afield so I, I i didn't know that kettlebells was a sport until i found a guy called steve codder who had a company called the ikff and this was in america and yeah. he happened to be coming to the uk to do a course so I went up to Leeds to do this course and it was just one of those things, you know, like some people will say they neither want to be a professional footballer from the first moment they kick the ball. It just felt right. Mm. You know, basketball was fun. I had that kind of laddie thing of, oh, I want to be a kickboxer. <laughs> like, I had, and and you, you weren't in it for the right reasons and it, it, wasn't, it didn't melt. Yeah. As soon as he, he started teaching me the dynamics of the sport, I, I just got it. It just clicked. The sport of kettlebells. Kettlebell, yeah. yeah, the actual sport of kettlebell lifting. Um, I still learn and I still like all the what's now called kind of hard style called Russian kettlebells. Um, so I still, and I think as a strength conditioning coach for other sports and the kettlebells, I think it's really important. We'll, we'll talk about all the things you've done, yeah. all the titles you've won since we last spoke. You've got the kettlebell world baseball jacket. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome Americana style, which is, which is awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an awesome logo. Um, so we'll talk about kettlebell world in a minute, which is a project. But, like, but just to find for people who haven't heard the first one, what? sport kettlebell is versus just going out and doing a yeah, kettlebell workout yeah. or a kettlebell class um, so the name for it technically is is Gaivory, which is a russian name mm. for it um and it's kind of sometimes called dubbed soft style or kettlebell sports but essentially it falls into three brackets so the traditional way which is which is gs or Gaivory sport is you do a, a biathlon and you do a long cycle um and a biathlon is two events yeah so you have two kettlebells which you, you clean into your rack and then you have a 10-minute timer, and you're just going to do essentially a replication of an Olympic jerk. 
Okay. And you've got 10 minutes to get as many points. But with the kettlebell versus with, with a bar two, or whatever. Yeah, with yeah. two kettlebells. Yeah. Okay. And you have a judge that's there to, to hit fixation and, and you get reps counted and, and you see your reps go up, but you reward. So you know how many reps you So your technique has to be spot on for, yeah, for them yeah. to say that the, counts as a rep. Yeah, and the higher level competition you're at, the, you know, when you're at the world championships, the judges are pretty... You know, they're, yeah, they're they're qualified, they're professional. It's it's pretty formal. Do they do they rule on tempo as well? Because you can maybe not in the the clean and jerk, but you can do in certain things. We talked about maybe why kettle swings aren't part of it is because yeah. the momentum um, you can use. Because obviously in PT, you know, people say control the tempo. Yeah, you're not, if so you, bounce, you bounce away. It's some easier. affiliations do have reps lim- lim- limits per minute, but that yeah. that's where you can choose the weight of the bell and it gets more complicated. But essentially, rather than tempo, it's about fixation to get the rep. So you okay. don't get the rep until the bells are still. Uh, and then because it's an overhead fixation rather than a swing, you'll yeah. have the lock of the elbow, the lock of the knees. So you can you can d- definitively award a rep. Yeah. It's, it's pretty once you know what you once you understand the sport, it's it's pretty clear and cut. So do you, do you wait for them rep. to say it or do you just assume it's gonna be if you do the No, you wait you, because you can yeah. see you can see your, your points going up. But they're doing it like what that's milliseconds, is it, between each ref or like two um, seconds or yeah, a few seconds. I mean, I mean yeah. good, good. Re- in a minute, you, you, you for jerk, you might be getting sixteen good reps in a minute. Yeah, or, you know, at, at a push. You know, um, so it's 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 not as quick as you would think, no matter how how fit you are. Um, but then you have your jerk score is combined with a snatch. So the snatch is the, it's the same movement in CrossFit of a, of a kettlebell snatch essentially, but you have one bell. Okay. And you can change your hands once. So there's uh, a lot of resisting the, the lactic acid and the cramp and the build-up in your, in your arm. That score gets combined, yeah. and then the, the top score wins. And you, you get weight groups dividing it. And you get, so you so, win your weight group? Yeah, you win your weight. I mean, you can work out an absolute on a, yeah. on a body weight score to do a coefficient. So is it based on your body weight, or is it based on the weight that you're lifting, the, the weight division? Uh, the weight division is based on your body weight, and then professionals will lift two thirty-two kilogram bells. Yeah. Amateurs twenty-four at, at the top level. Yeah. Uh, but you could enter in, in a national competition. You could enter it with two sixteens, two twelves. You can you can pick the weight, but you go into that. So you compete yeah. with people using those weights. So, so you, it's very much endurance strength. You mentioned it is, it? Yeah. rather than yeah. there's nothing hypertrophy so or, or, this, or, yes. or maximal strength. That's here. a really good point. Um, so the sport's now branched and we have marathons, which is going for an hour and we have world games, which is going heavy to 40 kilogram bells for 10 minutes, yeah. 28 kilograms for girls. And um, one area that I've excelled at is now has been the world games uh, with the 40 kilogram and also the, the two hour endurances mm. as well. Which has been something that I wanted to set out. Uh, I wanted to be uh, a very diverse lifter, so I compete internationally in pentathlons. Uh, I have competed internationally in GS, but I'm not doing that at the moment. What's a pentathlon? Pentathlons. It's a really exciting sport. It's five five different lifts. Yeah. You go for six minutes with one bell. That's a, a six minutes on, five minutes rest, okay. and then your total score for the five lifts gets added up. So it's a very very tactical way to compete so what are the five lifts they're cleans yeah and then you have a clean which is called long cycle and strict press where you can't use your legs to press which is again where the judging comes in because the knees have to stay okay for the press yeah so you just all the arm all, and shoulder, all yeah. arms yeah which doesn't really work for me uh, <laughs> you've got the jerk yeah a half snatch and then push press where you where you can't jerk dip but you can, you can use, use your knees up. to do that first initial push um, it's quite technical, isn't it? It's very technical. It's, it, the pentathlon's one of my favourite events to compete in because and to coach because there's so many variables in it. Yeah. It's so much more tactical. Yeah. Um, whereas going going back to your point about strength endurance, 
um, I, I've come into competitions where I've merged weight groups uh, with that 40 kilogram bell and you're up against bigger lifters and mm. they have that concept that, well, I'm, I'm big and I'm powerful, I'm strong, so I'm going to lift and it's a heavy, yeah, 40 kilograms is a heavy kettlebell no matter. And you, you're you using two 40 kilograms? No, just, no, just, one, just one. This one. Yeah. Um, but two minutes in, the, <laughs> the endurance is gone, the technique is gone for them and, and I managed to run the course, um, which is where I found quite a bit of success, particularly with half snatch because throwing that weight up your tricep with guys are particularly quite strong on your shoulders don't really come into it as much mm. so your cardio your endurance and the other thing about it which is where i really love the sport is technique just mm. having having the best technique uh tends to kind of pay how do you do you film yourself and then work on the technique and uh, you, well, I started off getting coaches. So Steve Cotter was one of the most influential people. Um, I, I went so back, going back there, there was no competition in the UK. There was no mm. England kettlebell. But when I was off in the Marines, that was when that all got set up. So, yeah. so it didn't exist. I had to fly to Detroit for my first competition. Really? Which is again, this thing that like, I kind of, I just kind of thought I want to do it. And if I want to do it, I'm, I'm going to go and, and do it. Um, so that's kind of industrial town. It's interesting the kettlebell yeah, championships it, there. Yeah, a, this is one thing with the sport as well. Um, the, the person organising the event it was their hometown. And okay. Something as the sport's grown, and something that I've learned, and these things that we are like, we're we're going to different countries now, and we're going competing. And the England team has done really good work, and, and the, a guy called Dale Wilson, and you know, probably myself as well, for the amount of people from my gym that have, have uh, joined the England team we're now one of the dominant forces okay. uh, for, certainly for the IKMF the International Kettlebell uh, Federation American Federation uh, so we go to all these countries but you would, you would expect and you'd, you'd want the sport to be you know, put on in these big cities but you do tend to be close to other people organising it so yeah. even though we go to, we've been to Belgium we've been to France I've been to Spain I've been to Portugal I've been to Poland for it you don't get to go to these huge massive places for it so it's not quite as glamorous as that so it's quite fitting that my first, <laughs> my first competition in america was it wasn't new york or la it was in detroit in uh yeah, yeah michigan um uh but um so we talked about this before but people might be listening and thinking about olympic lifting and stuff where yeah. it's maximal strength you look at there's no such thing as a, a kettlebell try and lift 150 kilograms or something once you know no but i mean i mean you you probably get that in gyms at the lower level because when people can't lift a 32 kilogram and then so i, I went to a crossfit gym to do a seminar yeah. a while ago and and 32 kilograms tends to be the, the top weight that people mm. have in a gym uh, they're at the level of can you lift it once and mm. then and then they kind of do some research and go oh so <laughs> lifting it 350 times that's that's the challenge not lifting it once uh but the practicality of it is there's a limit to how heavy you can make one kettlebell yeah and then you'll find someone pretty soon who can lift it it's not like the barbell and you can't actually move it because the barbell you load up plates yeah, and then you yeah. Can get up, yeah it doesn't it doesn't work in in that sense um well, especially if you work in a gym no one can actually physically move it if it's yeah floor, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, for, I mean, and, and the other thing as well is it's it's tradition. It's evolved around uh, the, the the ethos and the difficulty and the the cardio ability to pick up a heavy weight yeah. and on repeat do it. That's that's what makes the sport special. It's more, more analogous to to work or yeah, to yeah. uh, hunter gathering or whatever we used to do. Yeah, it, it's it's got that. It's got a what what I got from it was a, at first it was a training tool. So I picked it up and I had a workout with it with with. Paul Connor, who was training me for a fight I had coming up, a kickboxing bout, and uh, in my head, like this was the closest thing in intensity I could find doing this one hour with him oh, okay. to the concept of doing twenty rounds of sparring yeah. 
and no one's punched me in the face. Yeah, yeah. So my body's not going to have the damage. So it's cardio I, and muscular yeah, endurance. It, it was that yeah, I, I, in my mind, I've leapfrogged my competition because I've managed to do this amount of work without yeah. sustaining the damage for it. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's similar to punching and kicking in that sense that you're trying to provide pretty good strength on, each time. On repeat. Over repeat it, yeah. which, is why, which is why so many uh, martial artists and combat sport fighters will train with kettlebells because mm. it, yeah, it replicates that ability to have a, a maximal exertion of force on repetition for for set amount of time, yeah, um, and there's there's a use for that. So you know you could do that again, similar to CrossFit, where where you can come up with an amount to help uh, mm. a fighter that's based on the time they'll spend doing the, the actual the time five minute fight, five, the fight. MMA fight, and then so yeah, rounds, so yeah, MMA is a good one to go. So say you have a five minute on one minute rest, yeah, you wouldn't really find that in a typical hit class. No, um, and this is again where the pentathlon becomes a really, really in-depth sport because you have a six-minute work to a five-minute rest mm. uh, ratio, which you think is a plenty of time to recover. The only trouble is you've got people to the left and people to the right trying to beat you. Yeah. So you can't if you pick a light bell, then yeah, pentathlon's fairly easy. You have maximum reps you can get during the set, so you can pick a relatively light bell and you can coast it. Sure. But if you're trying to win. You don't, yeah. you know, it becomes a get that brutal. taste of metal in your mouth. Yeah, that yeah. that that level of recovery is just not quite enough at five minutes rest yeah. to six minutes work. But when you're working at a really high output, that's why they've done it just under exactly. The, the, the yeah, and you number, get yeah. to set number three, set number four, and then that's when just the air just gets taken out. Do of your people lungs. get injured with the failure, or do they just? go um, to failure and stop or, or, or can you can you stop and rest you can, it and just do less reps i guess yeah you can stop and rest um I, I for people take a look at the sport and would assume it would be full of injuries i mean mm. the, the number one thing people say when i start learning it is they don't want to drop the kettlebell on their head or they don't <laughs> want to drop it on their toes i've never seen compared to the amount of times i've seen people drop a weight plate on their foot yeah, but when they go to bench press, that's not what they're worried about. No, um, we can move out. I mean, surely you just move out of the way when you. Yeah, I knew your arm was going to fail. I, I've never seen. A, I've seen some people and the grip. Not the grip yeah. in your hand is quite strong. I've seen people not finish for rep and it's come down on them. Um, yeah. but injury wise, I've seen one one bad hamstring injury, one rotator cuff in, when lifting in the competition. But you do get people cardio wise is the problem. So people do black out. On, on the platform you, you do get people because particularly it's not a sport that has a huge amount of, of we, we do it because we really are very competitive very yeah. driven love the sport love the community you train all year to go to one event to mm. live for an hour or 30 minutes most of us at that level would rather collapse than quit so you do get people that yeah. will literally lift until they drop <laughs> Uh, so and you know they make some so quite good, good chips. You've got to have a bit of space around you. Yeah, yeah, you do. You or, do. Yeah. I mean, I saw one person was in a bad way in the last competition because at the end of the set they just they just went all out. Um, so you, you can exhaust muscle glycogen in that time yeah, as well potentially. Yeah, so your muscles yeah. fail from lack yeah. of energy if you're not burning fat in in that cardio zone. Yeah, def de definitely. Um, uh, but I guess you know if you know how many people will try to finish that marathon running and we'll yeah. run it and then uh, they make it over the line get to the line and just completely <laughs> collapse you know it's, it's, it's a similar thing so, so the 40kg you're doing do you tell what you're doing in that the 40kg so I do I, I, I've done three there's three lifts in it there's the jerk yeah uh, the half snatch and the long cycle so I started off on jerk for it because I thought it would be easier because you just put in the belt up yeah, uh, and uh, I got good at it. I got sort of silver in the world schemes. Um, I got some silver and bronze. There's a, a two guys that, that given their credit, they're better than me. One's a Brit called Johnny Skinner, 
and then you've got a Portuguese guy who I've had about six competitions with uh, Miguel Rodriguez uh, and yeah, he's Portuguese and he uh, between the two of them they're at, they're at the top yeah uh, definitely um, I you get awards for how many reps you're in there's there's rankings in it and mm. I told myself as competitive as I am once I hit the, the master sport ranking I always wanted to try the half snatch so I thought I'd do half snatch and long cycle once I got that master of sports in November last year yeah um, and again the movement just suited me a lot better and straight away it just fit it, 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 it my strengths aren't my strength so it's your endurance it's my endurance and also I think I, I but just, still 40 kilograms is actually yeah, a lot need, of weight I mean most people I couldn't lift that off the, the cuff I don't think it's that, it's that given thing that um, once you can lift it once believe it or not you can lift it a thousand times because you, you just, just just simply increase reps each time you're training yeah yeah the, and I have a good level of understanding from being a strength trainer uh, and a conditioning coach for other sports particularly endurance sports I've got a lot of background in coaching and helping people periodize mm. distance runs triathlons I've, I've, I've coached quite a lot of them so the programs to go from lifting it once to lifting it a hundred times aren't that complicated it's the will you put the work in at five in the morning Mm. Uh, and that's that's one thing that particularly my I spoke to you after I'd done the April World Champs yeah a couple of years ago yeah, yeah and then in November I took a very I took nine lifters with me on the England team from my gym and I felt that as well as they performed and as well as England performed I felt that I didn't do what I wanted to do come in like bronze and silver wasn't really what I got in for so I picked the lifts well, I wanted or, to win do. Or nothing. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just, I think I might, I must have put twice the amount of hours in the gym from November to April than I did last time round. So how many, how many days uh, a week can you train with kettlebells? I do, I do, far, well, I do two sessions per lift per week. Okay. But I'm normally training for two or three lifts. And how many lifts? That's three lifts, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're I, doing six days. Yeah, I was doing you? yeah six days, six days on the bells, two conditioning sets, couple of cardio sets, and then just yoga. Um, and do you lift like heavy no, deadlifts or anything no. to do? Oh, oh max, maximal strength conditioning. Uh, or anything sorry, like I thought that, you were going to say, do I do yeah, I lift just, heavy every day? No, uh, just no. just around the maximal. Do do you work on maximal strength? Or, yeah, so I yeah. do. So I I think it's it's any sport. Some people and because this sport hasn't been very dominant. Uh, it's very recent so there's not a huge amount of literature available to people yeah. in the coach and particularly the literature that is there is only from the GS side of it which is the oldest side that's the side that's been running since the 1980s mm. so World Games which is about 40 kilogram weight uh, marathon training we did have to find our own ways of programming it and what, what exercises go with it but as a, as a conditioning coach again like I said beforehand there isn't really a sport that doesn't benefit from some Olympic lifting. There isn't. There isn't really a sport yeah. that doesn't benefit from kettlebell swings. So I do a fair bit of. I mean, my, my free lifts that replicate moving a bell above your head are deadlift squats and military press. Okay. Um, the, so barbell deadlifts. Yeah, barbell yeah. deadlift squats and military press. I and mean, there's variations of it, but you want to put it mm. accordingly. So so you just do. What would you do? How many reps would you do in the 
deadlift though for example uh it depends on the phases yeah. so i'll do a small strength and hypertrophy phase which i'm just finishing now which is why i'm a little bit chunkier um yeah. before uh, after, after competitions before i gear up so i like to do a little bit of a power phase we'll create a bit of muscle mass a bit of muscle mass and just also it's a bit of a variety so you get different type of breakdown doing so endurance training you're doing 15 reps plus mm. that that breaks the body down in a particular way yeah um to balance the body so you, out. Don't, you don't get muscular swell from doing 15 no, plus no. you do it's a long journey to get it there. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you want hypertrophy, which I don't particularly go into myself just because my sport doesn't, I'm, I'm at the size. Doesn't my sport. reward that. Yeah. And, and my sport, again, is very weight categorized. So I compete under, to mm. affiliations, I compete under 87 kilograms or under 85 kilograms. Yeah. So I walk at about 88 to 90 kilograms. So you have to cut a little bit. And I'm used to cutting because I've been doing combat sports since I was 18. So, yeah. so cutting's not 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 doesn't really even if you know i'm, I'm 40 this year so so if you cut three, you got cut three kilograms about half a stone isn't it yeah i'll, I'll cut yeah. so i've done quite in my gym it's become a bit of a joke uh, uh how quick i can cut again <laughs> if you've if you if you've ever had to do it to weigh in for a fight you know how extreme boxers and people will oh, do yeah. it well, so i've it, done it sort of ghostly on yeah the, on i've the done 91 to 84 in one week seven eight nice. eight days 91 to about 7 kilograms yeah, yeah so that's more than a stone in, yeah. in old money yeah. I did that in 4 days but I didn't perform that well uh, no. that was for a qualifier uh, yeah. and I was working I was too late coming out of my strength cycle and I was just a bit lazy in my diet <laughs> to be honest uh, but it did affect my you have to weigh in on the day for the nationals yeah. so I had to get down to that weight weigh in and then lift 2 hours later the internationals you get at least 24 hours from the weigh in to so rehydrate and fill your muscles up uh, but but I can if I keep myself to eighty eight kilograms, then it's a very gentle. Is there skepticism? Is there skepticism in the in that industry like there is in fighting, where people say it's cheating to cut if if someone's cutting so much weight, they're actually in the wrong category, kind of thing? Is um, it, do they feel a bit like that? Are there people who massive guys who, who boil down just to, to get in? No, I, I think I think really the big concept with the heavier weight guys is they think the size really helps them, mm. and, and I think that and, and again because you've got a weight group for them. Yeah, um, I think the size, I think the, the belief the, some of the bigger guys have, and it will change the more experience they get to, is they think that that power helps them lift the heavy belts. Yeah, which it does for the first five reps, mm. but that's thirty seconds of a ten minute lift. Yeah, and if you've got, you're actually lifting the big muscle as well as the, the yeah, the, the bigger you are, yeah. exactly. The, the bigger you are, the more muscle bound you are, the more energy it costs for you to move. You're not just moving the bell; you're moving yourself mm. in order to move the bell, and that creates the, 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 the workload that creates the demand um so i think um yeah if you do press-ups you know that as well don't you, you yeah yeah you exactly are, if you're 70 yeah. kilograms doing press-ups yeah. if you're 110 <laughs> kilograms doing press-ups like find you know, go go to yeah. rugby conditioning yeah when in the first day one of team getting back to pre-season training yeah. you got you got the second row doing press-ups and you got like the wings doing press-ups yeah. yeah, rings can go you, I, know, I know women who are you know weigh seven eight stone they can do 20 pull-ups on yes. the back yeah exactly they've, they've got yeah. the strength in yeah. there to the weight ratio I, lo I love it. So, it's, but it's interesting when you start lifting a kettlebell because this concept and Keith Irvin who was on the podcast this week and it will be last week by the time the podcast goes out was talking as a PT. He's done a bit of boxing as well, but just the in CrossFit, he was talking about you know one to five is maximal strength training mm. rep, reps, and then it's five to roughly fifteen, sixteen is, is yeah. hypertrophy where your muscles will swell, and that's interesting how the brain does that, and then it's beyond that is endurance. But if you're learning to lift a kettlebell, you're probably moving through all three aren't you as you go through so there yeah. will be a natural swell in the middle when you're when you're able to lift a certain weight in a kettlebell for 12 reps you then you know your muscles growing but then as you get past 15 it will it will stay static well i think um i, I think 
people's people's concept of of physiology of what muscles do I, I think as much as we know there's still a lot that we don't really yeah. fully understand yeah why does it get bigger yeah. why does the muscle grow between 5 and 15 uh, reps but not beneath that or above that when, when I hear people talking on podcasts now because I do listen to stuff when I hear people talking about things and, and when I hear trainers or, or you in the sauna and you hear people talking about what workouts you, they, they do and you kind of think particularly when we're talking about scientists say and tests say this you <laughs> kind of think well uh, I was lucky enough to be involved at university level in science studies on athletes. So really? I, I know, yeah. So I went to sports Manchester yeah, in sports science, yeah. and because I was, I was, um, well, I wasn't doing sports science as my degree. I was with the basketball team. I was living with them. I was, and I was fascinated with it, cool. and in a nice way because my education didn't rely on it. Yeah. All I had to do for my degree was learn my lines, go on stage, and prance about. Oh, you did a drama. I, degree. Yeah, yeah, I did a drama degree. Oh, yeah. cool. But it gave me that freedom to attach myself to these guys and i could see it from a little bit of an outside yeah. eye because um i i wasn't invested in it i could literally just be a participant so mm. I, I i saw these studies um and it always fascinated me um but uh when people are talking about it if you if you pick up a weight and you lift it enough you will increase your endurance, you'll increase your hypertrophy and you'll increase mm. your strength. Um, if you dive down to it, it comes into sort of how consistent you are with your training program. So fascinatingly enough, like the, the fitness industry that we buy into, whatever you see from men's health, whatever you see in a the gym, there's two main derives that come through. One is through bodybuilding or what now may be more predominant is fitness competing, where you don't want to be as big yeah. as, as a bodybuilder. So CrossFit or something like that, yeah. No, I mean, I mean fitness model competing. Oh, okay, go on yeah. stage. And oh, right. That, that yeah. most, if you, if you walk into a big gym in London, yeah. let's say there's 12 personal trainers there, male and female, male and female right? A, a good proportion of those will have been on some level a amateur or pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor yeah and the other derived tends so fitness competitor is a bodybuilder but just a kind of it is. more athletics physique they're looking yeah for. they're looking for well, they're looking for um not just being lean they're looking for the symmetry and they're looking for yeah. not just overall size yeah um the other derivative will always be a, a sport a sports conditioning following okay mm. now you might get one or two oddballs that, that come from some complete different back like, like me essentially maybe but um uh, i was always down the, particularly because I've got interest in it at university with sports, I was yeah. always down this path of will doing this help that person do this athletically? Will do yeah. this. So it's never really had a basis on me of aesthetic. Of, yeah, if I lift a kettlebell, I'll look this way. Um, but if you take a look at so the physiques that have changed in the sport, um, so there's a, a girl who trains at my gym, and you guys can look at Sarah Jarvis, who is borderline 50 kilograms borderline it's not very much no yeah the amount of muscle she's put on to her body really just training with kettlebells yeah uh over a three-year period and that's is, high rep stuff is, yeah high rep stuff i mean i mean she's now very strong she's now lifting a 28 kilogram bell so she does the female world games equivalent wow so you know she's lifting over half her body weight but it's for reps yeah and she started lifting eight kilograms and 12 kilograms yeah um but over kind of a three-year period her body completely changed shape now if you were trying now that's not going to help you if you've got 12 weeks to prep someone to go on a stage and show off how much muscle they've built <laughs> yeah but similarly training like a bodybuilder isn't going to help you play rugby 
it's not going to help you. No. It's not going to help you jump higher in basketball. It's not going to help you run Because in rugby, you want the maximal strength of the yeah, push. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, want, you want the ability to be able to reproduce the maximal load on demand of the sport. And that's mm. that's that's strength conditioning in a nutshell. Mm. You know, if, that's, if you wanted to get into running and your concept of running was doing long distance running. Yeah. Finding out Usain Bolt's sprint program isn't going to help you run out. <laughs> it's not, but, but in some senses, it's not a bad place to start. Yeah. But somewhere along the line, you're going to have to realize that, okay, that's got me. Yeah. Your VO2 max will improve if it's a slight bottom. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, so it became this thing in my head of, okay, this is what, this is where the sport is going. What I need to do is work out how to get myself and the people I train the, the, the best body to be able yeah. to do it. Um, but majority of it really comes from skill time time investing in your skill with a belt mm. um, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't make too much uh, difference at the basic yeah, efficiency, level. efficiency of movement how yeah clear is exactly that? Yeah. and that, that's one that's definitely that's definitely where if there's a reason why I've, I mean this is my seventh gold medal and this year I've got two this is in the world championship uh, yeah uh, yeah world a uh, world professional level world gold representing team England England yeah yeah this yeah. is my seventh uh, I'm going off to Hungary to try and get my eighth for the WKSF, and then I've got the last IKMF competitions in November. What's the difference well. with WKF? Uh, it's a different, yeah. World. world Sports Cadet kind of Federation yeah. is the WKSF, and they do normally do the standard GS lifts. They're kind of known for those ten-minute sets with, mm. with two medals, um, and then the IKMF is the international. So is it like boxing? Is there rivalry between them, or um, how, how does it the governing bodies? I. I partake in both, yeah. So I'm not I'm not in any camp, but certainly the, the main derivative is if you suit yourself to the 10 minute sets with two belts to the more traditional lifting, winning, w. yeah, winning in the WKSF means you you have a top. Yeah. Okay. If you're interested in doing the 30 minute sets and the hour sets and the pentathlons, then the IKMF is definitely the, the mm. place you, you want to be at. There's another organisation called the IUKL, which is again politically slightly more. Um, uh, what's the way of putting it? It's slightly harder. You can still go and compete in it, but um, the sport originates from Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah. Which obviously makes it a very touchy subject. And the IUKL is kind of the, the oldest going sports organization for what you can get into. Um, uh, and it's also got a lot of military attachments as well um, to how the sport kind of got into mm. like the, the populations. So uh, the IUKL is quite a bit of a, a hot topic to touch. So not a lot of us are going into it. Um, but you tend to be competing in sort of more Eastern European countries. So yeah. it's a lot more accessible to go to Hungary than it is to go to Kazakhstan for a competition. Mm. Um, so uh, it's it's more coming down to the WKSF and the IKMF that people kind of go in for. Um, rivalry rise, it doesn't really make sense because you're doing different lifts. So I wouldn't really say <laughs> there's, there's a rivalry to it. No. Um, it probably, again, it depends. Prestige? Is there yeah. yeah. Um, no, it just depends what lifts you go in for, really. Okay. Um, so it's interesting because you're trying to make it or everyone involved in it would like it to be almost more of a spectator sport. Is that the big yeah. battle is explaining 
what everyone's doing and yeah it is um, and doing things like this so I, I also work with so I have my gym and I train my clients I train myself um, I work with the England Cannibal Association uh, so I am their sports development officer so it's part of what I've taken on is to kind of do these things talk about the sport try and get people into the sport um, yeah. what we're trying to do is uh, with a company that, that's called Kettlebell World which we've opened up is we're trying to branch into school systems to get to teaching cool. at a grassroots level. Yeah. And we've tried to branch into corporate zones. So we, the, the biggest place now, coming out of lockdown, people have gone back to work. Mm-hmm. People have this new concept of mental well-being and physical well-being. And a lot of big employers are very keen on this. Yeah. So we've managed to partner up. It saves with you money to create a gym than it does to yeah, make yeah, people to be yeah. off with anxiety or depression. So... Yeah, exactly. And I, th- and I think now the world's kind of understood that a lot better. And I think employees, uh, employers, sorry, have understood that a, mm. a lot better. So um, we've worked with Bentley because it, it's local. They're big manufacturing partners. Oh, cool. close to us. So we've done a, a seminar and we've got participants who want to start to develop over... Did they give you a Bentley to drive around while you're doing uh, it? No, no. <laughs> uh, I've, I've gotten into a guy that did get a Bentley to drive to a competition. Oh, sweet. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, and then because well, I, you've been racked with nerves well, about no, because I I it. I didn't get to go in it because uh, I had my kids and my kids were competing, so I got to go in my lovely Toyota Yaris while the rest of the team walked up in a Bentley. But um, I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> um, but um, with the, the concept is to try and get the bigger companies. So many employers will have a football team. Yeah, many employers will have a rugby team. Um, you can you can be in the police basketball team <laughs> what we want to do in five years time is have a kettlebell team in that oh, okay so, so like, that, so what, like a sunday league that you play yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly and then that can filter you into the, the bigger competitions the national competitions mm. and and if there's a good kettlebell school local to you or good kettlebell club that's yeah. local to you covid really took the competitive side of kettlebell sports in this country and, and decimated it before pre-covid we had british championships england championships irish championships welsh championships and the pandemic just yeah took the infrastructure away what we did have which was done by a guy called david moore and a guy called chris guile um was we had uh, and graham morris deserves a mention there as well we had the grassroots league which was growing uh, mm. right up until the pandemic hit sure and when we all got together and we started coming back out of it, we, we kind of have this conversation that if you tried to start it now, the interest just isn't there. So we have an online equivalent called the Online Kettlebell Challenge. It's a great thing on Facebook for yeah. beginners where you do a monthly competition um, and it's pretty lighthearted. You don't pay to enter. You film a set, you upload it, mm. it gets judged and you get into a little table. Uh, and it's, it's kind of taking the place of this grassroots league, which is to tour about and get people in. Uh, what we want to do instead of trying to go back to it is two two things really get a school system that gets up to secondary school to have you know in, indoctrinated into the the kind of sports part of a of a school curriculum mm. to the point where so, so do you see is encouraging people inspiring people to compete in kettlebells or is it just people using kettlebells to develop strength the, and well-being and the, this is about this is about getting people to have a love for it as a sport yeah okay which doesn't mean competing because they want to become a world champion you know that if you if you go to grassroots football and sunday league yeah. football that that's not the end or kicking a ball in the back garden yeah the yeah. end is having having an appreciation for how uh, good and addictive and and how good the community in the sport is uh, that's what you want to build it on 
but yeah, we were talking about getting a spectator emphasis on the sport, which yeah. is which is always what people want. Um, it it's got its own challenges, and you know, on the way down here, you, you, you're driving, listening to your podcast about the BBL, when the, the head of the BBL is saying he can't get people to come to basketball <laughs> games. And basketball is is so much more well. Basketball is a world sport exactly. outside of the UK. That's the other so thing. if if you come in and you, and, you, and you say right in five years time we're going to make it a professional sport, we're going to set out stadiums for it, but it's, it's just not going to happen. Mm. What you can say, well, if in five years time school kids know it as a viable option is, is crossfit the inspiration because i know crossfit isn't necessarily as big in this country as it is in the states but as i understand it there is big international competitions yeah, where spectators yeah. go but t- typically keith was on last week was saying that a lot of the spectators do take part in crossfit Party, yeah participant so, spectatorship yeah. whereas you'll have people go to a football match who never play football so, yeah. yeah i mean it's the same as strongmen not many people go to watch World's strongest man who don't on some level think of themselves as a strong man lifter similar yeah. to crossfit um, similar to again, I mean, my my logic for I said to it to people was, look, I pick sports that you don't particularly find fascinating. Like I I find the concept of darts as a sport, <laughs> yeah. I just find it bizarre. Okay, and I'm pretty sure I've seen exactly people... it's not, not very athletic. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. that's my concept of what a sport would be. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not knocking it as a competitive it's a very nature, fine motor skill, it, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's a very yeah. good example of something. I mean, I mean the concept of it, imagine if you and me, if we never we, 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 the sport didn't exist, and we went, you know what, we're going to go to Sky Sports and we're going to tell them that we're going to get a guy to throw a dart. In yeah, a, a, basically a pub game, yeah. and we're going to get millions of people to watch it. Well, they've created the atmosphere around the pub theme, ex- ex- they? The, yeah, the beers ex- and the ex- exactly. And, yeah. Um, uh, well, it just wouldn't if you if you tried to sell that now, mm. they look at you like you were deranged. So it's the same thing as so. What we're going to do for Sky Sports, right? We're going to get a stage here. We're going to get two kettlebells. We're going to go for an hour, and they're going <laughs> to lift it over their head nonstop for an hour, and millions of people are going to watch it. You're just going to look at you and go, no. "What? What is the intrigue as a spectator? Is it?" The, the wonderment that someone can lift it so far or is it the kind of schadenfreude that people are hoping that they fail or well, it kind of like where's their breaking point this this will lead us on to interestingly enough so one it's it's the part you you're right it's participants if you know how heavy a 20 kilogram bell is yeah and you know how hard it is to do 10 reps yeah. and someone's doing 100 reps with a 40 kilogram that's impressive yeah okay if the other one is if and this is where you can look back at some of the footage um again uh, we had myself, Johnny Skinner, and Miguel all lifting the 40k jerk. And for the f- first eight minutes, it was a rep between all three of us. Mm. And then I slowly slipped underneath as these two went at it, rep for rep. For so ten endure- minutes, that is yeah. very much endurance. So they, they won on a tie, and it went to a weight derivative, but it went right down to the last second. What's a weight derivative mean? It's a load for lightest lifter. Oh, so they weighed it. They weighed yeah, their bodies yeah, and yeah, said yeah. that you're lighter. Um, and I've done competitions for an hour where there's been two reps between it for an hour. So you're <laughs> lifting for now that when you're watching it and yeah. you, you appreciate the work that's been put into it, that becomes incredible. There's a tension. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing when it becomes when you have good athletes that are competitive over something mm. and the show's good and it's close. That's watchable. That that's that's well, like you, a tennis match. In a yeah, way, or exactly. Like that. You've yeah. got a sellable commodity there. The, the other thing about it that, that draws people in is, is the atmosphere that, that is there at the events. Mm. Uh, and that, again, is a participant thing. I mean, the, the thing that keeps me in it is we've got a community of lifters uh, literally globally. So I talk to people from... Um, I talk to people from America. I talk to people in Europe. I talk to people in Australia. And then once a year, you know, we talk how our trainings go in. We give each other advice. We give each other tips. You know, we throw some sets up. And then once a year, you meet up 
you get on a platform pretty much against like someone it's, it's almost like a like a camaraderie sense yeah you try your hardest for whatever the time frame is 10 minutes half an hour an hour two hours you're trying to literally smash the other person because you're that competitive and they're that competitive and then once it's done, you, you best mates again and like boxers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the, you go, the fight, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can you can see that when you see the competitions, it builds a really good atmosphere. Is there mind games? You try and get each other's heads. Is it? Yeah, like, there's like tactics that? to everything. Yeah, particularly on a pentathlon where there's so many yeah. potentials to move pieces. Um, yeah, there's tactics. I mean, I do tactics to try and if 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 I know how fast I can go with a bell, reps per minute, and I know I can sustain it for that long, I you can you can go off quick. Mm. and try and get the person to kind of exhaust himself yeah, yeah. yeah or you can go off nice and slow yeah and then you can accelerate towards the end and kind of catch people is up it trash, so. trash talking before you go on there or uh, does that work or, or, or fibbing about how i don't there's no there's no trash talking on the platform because you're just struggling to breathe <laughs> like yeah, yeah. let alone yeah. let alone talk um it's more it's more friendly you get a bit of banter but it's very very again similar to strongman lifting okay like bodybuilding yeah yeah. you're very you 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 want the other person to do well you want Mm. it to be a good show yeah and then and then you want to win yeah and and that's that's the big aim to it i think it's interesting it's about attracting spectators when you look at the myriad of things you mentioned darts but anything and i found this i don't get snobbish about sports because i have to cover a lot of different sports Mm. but if you pay attention to something for long enough you'll get intrigued by it once you understand it is the is the key thing well i've done this i've done this as a sport since 2011 and I don't know that many people that I've kind of met on the way to get into it. I've known people that have gone off to do different sports and, yeah. and, and people have come and gone from it. Uh, and for other reasons, people have stopped competing because of age and things. But I don't know people who are brought into the sport who don't enjoy going to watch a competition. Mm. And, and, it, and that, that says something. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a sort of inspiration and admiration for someone that's doing something physically extraordinary. Yeah, it? and there's a buzz for it, something that's new. There's a buzz for you. You're going to watch something that's different. Yeah. You're going to watch something that's that's growing. You're in the foothills of what could be exactly. a mountain yeah. down yeah. the line of a yeah. sport. And the people that sort of look back in the 19th century going to football matches and things like that would have yeah. been pretty cool. Without, yeah, yeah, without definitely. Yeah. And I mean, the, the big thing for us that's exciting for England kettlebells and for um, kettlebell world that are, that are kind of... Um, growing um in how we can develop stuff that can help sort of make people see what's going on in these sports is we're selected to hopefully host the 2024 world champs for the ikmf cool whereabouts uh well that's still up for debate okay so we're we're, we're at the early stage so you want in manchester do you probably um well what i want to do is i want to one of the mistakes people have made prior one of the things i think people could have done better the previous competitions particularly the more recent ones coming out of lockdown where it's harder to put these events on it's more expensive to put these events on but you want to build you want to build the show so instead of doing it in in essentially your back garden mm. you know, where it's close to you where it's easy for you you've got to think about the fact some people are coming from brazil to come and compete yeah. in these sports so the flights yeah and, or whatever and you need them. something to pull the people in yeah so in reality my two pence to throw in of a conversation is that we should be doing it either London, Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham. even even Cardiff, some, yeah. some somewhere that, Big that, that people will know, you know. So if you're if you're deciding, because for a lot of us, we we fund you know, most of us are pretty much self funded. Mm. So if, you know, it's my you get sponsored. Some people get sponsorship. We're we're still talking to some people again. If I can do a good job raising the profile of the sport, um, yeah. then hopefully that's that's you know, I'd, it, it would be nice if 
the generation of people who left after me can have some level of financial freedom from it that they can focus on. It's a good association for companies like Gymshark or Under Armour yeah, or something like that, wouldn't yeah. it be, to be involved in such a physically taxing and impressive I sport? think I think we're not there yet, but I think there's pathways to get there that, mm. that we're kind of forming. So I think, in again, if in five years' time there's a school championships, there's a university yeah, you championship. You, you mentioned school because you, you said your daughter can, she's yes. got 18, she's, how old is she, eight? And she's eight, eight, yeah. 18 kilogram well, she kettlebell, can... which we talked about, so there's, there's always been that sort of oh, cultural phobia enough. around weightlifting yeah, for kids yeah. and stuff, but you, she's she's going great. There's, there's a cultural phobia about how heavy kettlebell weight should be as a general. So, so to put it into context, uh, my daughter, she deadlifts an 18 kilogram. She doesn't. She doesn't press it over. She yeah. when she competes, she uses four kilograms and six kilograms. Is that an eighteen kilogram barbell? That she's dead. No, kettlebell. No, kettlebell. Yeah. Um, but uh, she, um, oh, bless her. She she loves the sport. She's really engaged in it. And again, one of the things that brings her in there is is she made friends with a girl from the Irish team, and they stay in touch with them. And she's already got that sense of you go and you train, then you try and beat, and then wow. you go and you train. Uh, her best friend from school, we got her involved in it. And you've got no fears we talked about the fears were bone development and things like that no not, not at all yeah. i mean i know i know how to coach i know how to train i wouldn't i wouldn't put any lifter let alone your daughter through anything yeah. that's going to result or potentially result in injury um the, the main thing for me really is that she's doing it because she wants to do it mm. and i keep that point up with her i mean her number one passion is dancing so yeah, it, does, it does go in and just complement it yeah, yeah so at the moment because her the life girls are very, often very good at movement aren't they exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's done that from a very early age. Um, so that's, you know, bottom line, if it came to her being at a dance show or being at a kettlebell competition, the dance show would take yeah. take priority. Um, but but that she efficiency and movement, that yeah, fluidity is, yeah. it crosses over. Um, but, but again, through that, um, I, I wouldn't get her doing an exercise that I thought might injure her for the sake of making a better kettlebell lifter because <laughs> yeah. goodbye, that's not going to get her anywhere yeah. but it, similarly to that I won't get you know I've got 14 people from my gym that are on the England team mm. yeah the amount of training and the volume they're doing people get niggles people get injuries but none of them have got hurt no none of them, no, no one's had a serious mm. injury um, and through all the sports so I've worked with swimmers I've worked with uh, kickboxers jiu-jitsu uh, a lot of basketball a lot of triathlons um lifting a kettlebell doing it right isn't you know the risk reward ratio is massively in the favor of, of doing it not yeah. doing it and that doesn't change really no matter what age you are um, not, biology is still the same yeah and i think for kids as well like you said the, the childhood obesity concerns yeah, sed sedentary yeah. lifestyle if you can encourage them to do something that's physical and also the, the, the strength as we head yeah. into this crisis over now you know, people, people people falling as they're older and things yeah. like that. anything everything involves strength development and maintenance is big so interestingly enough like the fact that she can deadlift the 18 kilogram bell is kind of beside the, she just wanted to show off in a class that she, yeah. could, she could do it. It's not really a rigid part of a training program, but the, the school system that we're talking about doing is really not going to be based on weight yeah. that people can lift. It's really going to be based on promoting the ethos of the sport. Yeah. And we've had some good success of this already, which I'll, I'll talk about for a minute with other people. Um, and the main thing is promoting the technique because it's the technique mm. that, that wins, the technique that, that proves the point at the end of the day fitness is an element to it but if you teach the technique for things at the ground level that proficiency just shines yeah. and excels um so there's a guy up in darlington called steve gordon who's done a great job with the youth 
team sending them off to the WKSF uh, youth games. Now, he doesn't really do the IKMF side. He He's a traditional GS lifter, and that's all he really throws okay. into. But he's had tremendous success from varying ages and varying abilities, really from kind of the start of secondary school and above. Mm. Um, uh, and the emphasis on it has always been on good technique taking out, outweighing priority. Um, what we want to do and the drive to do it is to take it away from the clubs so it, it's great I'm, I'm really proud I've got 14 people that didn't know anything about kettlebells came to my gym and they're now on the England team and, and amazing and, and we accounted for there's it there's an opportunity there isn't there it, it, it is a new yeah. sport to really get to, yeah. to excel however what would be even better is if I was a part of making the sport widespread through curriculums through schools through bucks through university systems yeah. through corporate systems so that it became the norm for most people to, to you know that people knew that if the you wanted to sport. do it it's sport you can go on a sunday you could go to most leisure centers and there might be a kettlebell club lifting kettlebells yeah that's 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 the five-year goal from there again the amount of participants that will then watch it will then go mm. up then the interest gets into it and then then you can talk about getting a platform which can show it as as a sport at the top end and see how many people want to watch it i can see education pushing it the government pushing it because you're combining those two threads aren't you vo2 max which we talk about yeah, cardio yeah. exercise and you're you're pushing strength, exactly. strength and, development and again just going on to that kettlebell swing um and it's pavel who who was famous he is the guy who was the rkc the russian dragon um, which is the american program for hard style training um he's got that that term the coin for what the hell effect which is just just by doing a heavy kettlebell swing yeah he found massive improvements in very high level athletes so the the correlation that you wouldn't believe in their cardio and everything and on their strength and and strength performance so a bench press can be assisted by a heavy kettlebell swing which wouldn't always you know that's why it's called the what the hell effect because you wouldn't Mm. you wouldn't a hundred percent associate it with it it's strengthened every muscle pretty much yeah it's become pretty much accepted that a kettlebell swing is one of the most important things for protecting hamstrings and protecting Mm. knee injuries so you will you will now commonly see professional footballers premiership footballers nfl athletes doing kettlebell swing. But yet so the swing's not a big part of the competition because you said it's difficult to judge what a full yeah, swing, and, swing is. And it doesn't end in a fixation point. Mm. Because because it's a swing, it's in motion. Yeah. There's a, there, there'll a be, pendulum. Yeah, there'll be yeah. two moments of the pendulum where the, where the bell is still, uh, but it's very momentarily and it's very hard to determine fixation from it. And that's yeah. the top of the swing and the bottom. And how of the swing. far you're going up. Yeah. How far you're going Whereas up. a press or a snatch or a clean, the bell is in a rest position. Yeah. So so there you can award a point for it. Yeah, you need you need um, like you need like judges but beneath people's legs and stuff yeah, figuring yeah. out how far it's I mean, gone back. I don't and... I don't watch CrossFit um amazingly anymore. I kind of felt for that touch with it. Um uh but it would be interesting to see so how it, it, in your CrossFit games element how a swing's judged to swing, what yeah. angle does the bell need to get to, what depth does it need to get to on the way down, mm. um how much momentum are you using and Yeah, yeah. Um but you know, that's fair. That's their problem to work on. Not mine. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. Um, and the, the kettlebell world stash you've got on the kit, the jacket, it's like an Americana style baseball. Yeah, it's, black it's and, a lovely black um, and white kettlebell world logo. So this is the merchandise we've come up with for our company called Kettlebell World, which um, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to try one. Um, we're going to try and get into levels of online training. So like, yeah. if you're interested in the sport or if you're interested in strength conditioning, with a kettlebell properly you can come and learn a, a vast library of videos which we're starting to collect on how to safely sort of use a kettlebell for all things for weight Sweet. loss generic fitness um yeah. injury rehabilitation sport specific programs with it and then also if that leads people into the sport we're going to have programs for all getting into all 
different forms of the sport. Uh, we'll run it through the qualifications that we've kind of qualified through, but it will be a one-stop place where you can sort of learn pretty much everything, you know, from from good source of authority. You know, yeah. you, can, you can learn what to good do. Good technique. Care yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing we're we're looking into is is which the guys that I've brought in um, uh, who've done a much better job than me because they understand this better is the way to arrange data and software to to help you kind of understand what's going on in a kettlebell competition mm. because it's it's very very who's confusing. winning yeah yeah that's and, and yeah. you would, you would think how is there a sport there where you can watch yeah. it and not know who's well, it's hard enough counting your own reps yeah it? yeah so um there's a massive demand for it because if we grow the sport you've got to grow the knowledge of the sport uh, not just from the rules but the in-time data of what's mm. going on particularly if you look at, at kettlebell competitions where people can use a different bell yeah uh, how do you know who's ahead? How do you know? And the you know, tactics, like you said, people exactly. pace, pace themselves yeah. so they go faster, so slower. If, if you had a thing on a screen that showed you what targets people were going for, you know how fast they have to go to catch somebody yeah. up, how many points they you get almost have like just a graph, couldn't you? Where yeah. someone's out in front yeah. and someone else is behind. It's exactly, see where they are, yeah. it's, exa- it's exactly what they're doing. And uh, this is where again we talked about. I tried to do an online kettlebell business back in 2011, 2012. Uh, and what I lacked was the understanding of the internet and mm. and, and and how to outsource that talent. Well, the internet just, develops ex- well, exactly yeah. phenomenally. Uh, but what we didn't get is we didn't get somebody who had the skill sets who was passionate about the sport and bring in uh, Ash and Alan. You've got that mix, and we took some of the software to the last few competitions, mm. uh, and we had an amazing response from from the American teams all all the way through. So what we're talking about now is we've got a small competition at our gym at the end of May that we're going to hopefully launch some things oh, with cool. the software for. You're going to film stream it? Uh, we're, we're potentially finding platforms to stream it. Um, you you come across a few complications in terms of music, music licensing. So there's a few things. Oh, with Facebook and everything. Yeah, yeah, there's a few things we need to iron out. But yeah, we will hopefully be streaming at least some of the sets. We've invited some of the better lifts um around to come and do a, a pretty decent lift towards the end of the day to finish off which should be a pretty good spectacle to see some of the top names lifting some so where will weights. the event be it'll be at the wolfpack wolfpack in, fitness yeah, yeah the yeah. outdoor gym yeah the outdoor yeah we'll be out it'll be an outdoor event as well so unless Sweet. it rains it'll be it'll be outside <laughs> um how's that gym going is it still going strong yeah we're going really well for, I've, I've been very lucky um uh, running a business that survived the pandemics one one thing but then to keep it from, yeah. from strength to strength so um, is that outdoor working out was probably in, in vogue in the pandemic as well wasn't it, it was a well, I was worried. I mean, you can. We've been open for three years, so we're getting to that kind of like three to five year yeah. sort of bump of businesses. And people always kind of go, "Oh, you must feel so good; it's done so well." But there's still a lot of time for it to go wrong. <laughs> so when you run your own business, you never really, relax. yeah, you never really relax on it. So the worry that I had was coming out of lockdowns. How quick are people to forget? this amazing benefit of outdoor exercise mm. as soon as the big gyms open back up again yeah. how many you have a people... rainy winter like we've had this year yeah yeah, yeah. we had yeah. a very we did have a very bad winter this year actually and you did you did notice it on the books you did notice people dropping mm. up um but there's there's something that you can't beat and you know when you're outdoors and you know even when the weather's not so good but when yeah. you're outdoors and you're working hard you know there's a there's a reason why oh, sure. i've got my kettlebell and pull-up bar outside and i do like going out there it's, yeah and if yeah. i've got the choice of going the, the downside of going to the gym is you're indoors so it's, it's very hard to say it without sounding 
like your very new age and nuance, but there is a relationship you have to do an exercise outside. But we used to back to, to there is a thing about exerting yourself yeah. out in the green, out in the wild. It does have its draws and it does have its pulls. Mm. Um, and it's it's starting to prove to me that it, it pays off. You play sport, a lot of sports outdoors. Exactly. Football, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you prefer to play five side indoor or would you prefer to be out in the mud playing it? I think you play outdoors, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. But then, Most footballers yeah. would prefer to play. But then in the winter, yeah. it's dark, so it's, you can't. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, all that. I, and that's something that you know technology can't change that but you know the draw of the business is to get people to get a taste of what that's like for an hour mm. and then you can always go home and get warm i think also um, be in this country in particular because we have cold not that cold but quite cold but like rainy dark yeah. winters actually i think not being afraid of doing things in the rain is quite big in the uk because if yeah. you don't do things in the rain you very rarely do them and everything gets cancelled last minute and things like that yeah def- definitely definitely um uh, plus, if you can make if you can make amenities for it to make it slightly more comfortable, so you know mm. it, there's a there's a difference to meeting up in a park for a PT session in winter, which is quite grim. You know, it's a centre. It's got changing facilities. It's got toilets. It's got showers. Yeah. It's got it's got indoor places to it. Have a warm shower, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, but the main thing is like you're you're an hour away from getting warm and driving. Yeah. So it's not it's not like you've got three weeks <laughs> in the field on rations. You know, it's it's not it's not like that constantly being wet, no. constantly being cold. Not you, in trenches, yeah. Yeah, you get that hour to 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 really sort of run around and, and get that sweat on and really feel like you're going as hardcore as you can be and then you can be watching you can go home get changed and watch love island don't you? if that, in fact you know you can yeah. have that taste of yeah. it if you want that's a that's proven as a business model to be in a demand um, i love it well, well done that's brilliant and uh, um so where do people find out more information about kettlebell world you, you, do you sell those jackets and t-shirts uh, yeah and so, well? so they will become on online sale um we're just getting ready to kind of launch the website um we're just starting to put our social media out there so yeah. we'll, we'll push it up in the next few weeks um, do you know what the website address will be i don't know really no sure. this is really <laughs> where world. Get, get UK, maybe, uh no but you can follow you can follow um because all it will all link in through the gym and through england kettlebell so wolfpack fitness facebook so, page yeah wolfpack fitness uh wolfpack fitness cheshire on facebook wolfpack fitness cheshire on instagram and it will be Kettlebell World on Facebook and Instagram when it, when it launches through. Um, you can sort of take a little look. Um, if you go on to the Facebook page, you can take a little look about the sport. I mean, yeah. the other thing as well is to, to go and, and find England Kettlebell Association. Um, you can still see the affiliated clubs that are on there if it interests you and you want to learn about it. You can still get in touch with people. Um, a lot of the trainers from Chris Kyle, who's got Kettlebell Sports, hang out. Mm. to Dale Wilson who's kind of more down sort of Northampton way okay. to uh, Ruth Tarrant who's got Winchester Kettlebell Club um, you, you can often get someone who'll work with you online um, you know, most of our you know most of our coaches you know, I was coached by an American and then David Cohen uh, from Ireland um, so almost all our training was done virtually sure um, so you, you can you know, get, going to meet somebody and doing it in person is always the best because it's, walk around you and yeah it's, it's such yeah. a particular skill but picking it up is is it, hard to do online which is the challenge of what kettlebell world want to do and having just filming yourself so difficult yeah time, really concise videos for get the details across not yeah. not you know from the basic level yeah. getting getting the details across um that's somewhere where I've, I've, i think if there's a reason why i've managed to, to get these guys who come to my classes to go from a very novice to a world championship level uh there's no secret to it other mm. than understanding the detail of, of how to lift the bell at the right stages implementing the technique at the right stages 
um, that's that's what's key. But this the sport will grow, and as it grows, um, hopefully you'll see um, people from this country really kind of keeping the momentum. We, the IKMF, we've won the last two championships, so we we, we took the England. The, yeah, England won it back to back. Um, and a, a large part of that has been kind of like the community we have in this country, the the competitions that I've done, the competitions Dale Wilson's done, um, the pentathlons and the marathons. We, we brought that community back and it very easily could have been so previous. There was kind of five or six of us sort of meeting up at the airport and getting, yeah. getting this lonely <laughs> plane and being dwarfed <laughs> by the Spanish team and being dwarfed by the French team and, and, and the Brazilian team. Uh, so to have it turn around has been a pretty a pretty worthwhile endeavor for all the work. Um, it's it's a great sport to if you if you want to get yourself healthy and you want to get yourself not just strong but fit. Yeah. And you want to get mobile and you want to learn a skill. Um, again, yeah, it does. It doesn't demand a lot. Like you said, you've got a kettlebell out there. Most most the UK has since lockdown. Mm. Um, so you're already halfway there. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't need to buy the belts and the wrist guards and the lifting shoes and the platforms yet. You know, you don't need that. You know, it's like you were saying about um, growing basketball. All you need is a hoop and a yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, or yeah, most of you already have a kettlebell. All you need now is the access to it. All you need now is the access to, to decent training that's going to get you on the right path. And if the sport can grow at the same time, then hopefully when you're ready to go and, and do a light-hearted competition, you'll have these grassroots available. You know? Brilliant. I love it. Ollie Mel doing great work with not only the Wolfpack Fitness Gym, but Kettlebell, and we'll look out for Kettlebell World coming yeah. out very soon. Um, thank you for thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming down. I know you've got a long trip back to, to the school run, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. No, thank you very much. Cheers. That man has passion, doesn't he? Ollie Mel kettlebell world champion former marine and we haven't really talked talked off there actually as he left my house about what he did in the marines as a machine gun specialist on ships trying to protect and security so really interesting off the back of the conversation I had with jack duncan who was a sniper in the military about ptsd and all those issues but ollie's certainly throwing the passion he's shown for various sports including basketball and martial arts into kettlebells now and i certainly think they're a fantastic exercise resource and we'll hopefully get into the more spectator side of it and, and view some of these remarkable achievements to get a 40 kilogram kettlebell to lift it once is, is enough but to lift it 90 second 92 times like ollie outlined there was is pretty phenomenal and it's, I, we took a couple of videos of him showing me a couple of things in the back garden as well which i'll share on social media which is uh, teddy draper sport on instagram draper sport on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn and stuff as well. But thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please rate it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it on, or just tell a friend, pass it on. Always appreciated. Thank you for being here and hope you have a great re a week. Thank you for the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. If you're in the market for some great shoes, particularly some brogues or loafers, some of the wonderful shoes that Herring Shoes provide, then go to herringshoes.co.uk with the podcast get 10% off TED10 T-E-D is uh, the initials all capital letters and then the numbers one zero and cytoplan.co.uk if you're looking to optimize your immunity whether it's a specific micronutrient you're after or a multivitamin or something of that nature head to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and for 30% off your first purchase 10% ongoing the code at checkout at the Cytoplan website is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, -E all capital letters, numerals one zero, and the capital letter R. And if you're interested in the idea of 
me sitting down with one of your loved ones to discuss their life story so it's preserved for posterity to connect generations maybe take a look at attic box audio which you can find through our hub website my wife and i carla's website drapermedia.co.uk thank you for listening to the podcast hope you have a great week goodbye for now Thank you.